0: Eagles Entertainment. Anything that I do it. Give
1: me everything you got. Play fast, play hard. Let's beat these boys tonight in their house. It's party time. It's party time. Let's go. Touchdown! You are listening to the Eagle Eye in the Sky podcast. Now here's your host, Bran Duffy. Bye. That's right of the day, and we're starting to look ahead to this fall as the Eagle Eye in the Sky podcast continues. I'm Fran Duffy. And as always, I think we've got a great show for you here on episode number 454. At the top of today's show, we've got Chalk Talk, where I chat with my buddy Ben Fennel just to start our look ahead again to the 2023. NFL season. We're going to start with the Eagles' week one opponent, the New England Patriots, and what our goal is going to be here on the over the next few weeks is start to take a look at the, next few, the first few opponents on the Eagles' schedule. We're going to start again week one. The Eagles travel up to New England, Foxborough. They're going to celebrate Tom Brady. It's going to be a big spot here for the Eagles in week one uh, as they take on the Patriots, Bill Belichick. It's going to be a new look offense with Bill O'Brien stepping in as offensive coordinator, and really the central piece of this attack on offense for the Patriots this year. I feel like it's going to be the third year running back, Ramondre Stevenson. So Ben and I, we went back, we looked at a nice sample size of all of his touches, his best touches uh, from last season, and we're going to just share some takeaways. So we'll we'll go through Ramondre Stevenson, some of the things the Eagles are going to see here in Week One from the talented third year running back. Uh, We'll also get into some of the things that the Eagles will see schematically here again with a new look offense uh, from the New England Patriots. Now, before we get into chalk talk, real quick, the big thing you want to do, you want to make sure you head on over to Apple Podcasts if you've got a question about this Eagles team if you've got a question about uh, the scheme the players the roster the things that have turned over from a, a schematic from a personnel standpoint how the offense or defense could look different or just about football in general head over to Apple podcast leave us that question there in the comment section leave us a rating make sure you're subscribed because we're going to continue doing this over the next few weeks we'll get into the Eagles week two opponent next week here on the podcast but again head on over to Apple podcast leave us the rating leave us the review we will answer any questions here in the upcoming weeks we've got a couple. Here to uh, here, here coming up, so we will make sure we answer some of those questions here starting next week, right here on the podcast. That said, let's get into it. Excited to talk uh, a little Ramondre Stevenson here with Ben Fennel in Chalk Talk. Let's get down to business. It's time for Chalk Talk. All right, excited to get into this as we uh, start taking our first look ahead to 2023 uh, here with Ben Fennel, looking at some of the Eagles opponents. We're going to start with their week one opponent, the New England Patriots, as we mentioned at the top of the show, with a fine focus on Ramondre Stevenson. Ben, you and I did this a couple years ago. Uh, it's a fun exercise where we kind of like every week, let's just pick a, a player from an opposing team or uh, a, a part of an opposing team's offense or defense and just do a fine focus on what makes that go. And so I think when you look at this Patriots offense going into this season, I feel like the the piece that you feel most confident in to, to come in and give you a high level of play would be the third year running back Ramondre Stevenson. So he said, "Okay, let's go watch all of his touches, runs and pa- runs and catches of eight plus yards." Ended up you know right around sixty or so plays. So it's a relatively small sample. I want to get your uh, overall thoughts, overarching thought? I don't know if you like wrote anything up or if you just want to go to riff off the top here uh, in terms of your thoughts after watching Ramondre Stevenson from last year. The, these are highlights, of course, at the end of the day. But your thoughts on watching Ramondre back?
0: Yeah, it's a fun exercise to kind of dive into a player in a vacuum and uh, looking at what he does you know, well. We're certainly watching his positive plays, so we just want to see how those came about. I did some charting, uh, but for the most part, I just kind of took notes uh, as I watched things and ideas came and thoughts came about. But I think it's just really important to note, Ramadre Stevenson is one of the more exciting young running backs in this league. And we can debate running back value, where you go in the draft, second contract. What I know, Fran, his 2022 was impressive. This guy had a thousand yards. Was a physical running style in a variety of different ways. This guy was powerful. He's tough, very firm on contact. Great vision, great start-stop, good in space, the speed, the elusiveness, the size at 230 pounds. I just thought I saw a really firm, decisive, aggressive type of running back in that scheme, and they threw all sorts of different running styles and schemes, uh, you know, at him. So there wasn't just the gritty, too tight end power schemes and counters. There's all sorts of uh, running styles and designs that they let him to kind of deploy in that offense. So he was a really fun watch here. And it's just about 60 plays of uh, eight or more yards, 18 in the past, though, as well. So there's a guy at 230 pounds and has the profile of being a bit of a mutter. He was really exciting in open spaces for and kind of opened my eyes. So I wrote like just
1: a quick blurb on them real fast. Uh, so I want to get your thoughts here. Two-year contributor going into his third third offense in three seasons there in New England. Big body back. He can bang between the tackles, but he's got a dual-threat skill set thanks to light feet in the hole and above-average pass game value. He did his best work in 2022 under center uh, with gap concepts, but he's got scheme versatility with the skills to operate both under center and in the gun and in both zone and gap schemes, to your point. Uh, his combination of balance, foot quickness, and forward lean made him a really tough guy to tackle, and he's a valuable dirty work runner, but he also has just enough juice to break off explosive plays in the run game. As a pass catcher, he's best served underneath in the screen game, quick game routes, and as a check down. Overall, he's got the ability to be a pure three down back in a new system under offensive coordinator Bill O'Brien. Uh, to me, like I, I was pretty impressed going back and watching, man. Uh, you know, We talked a little bit offline. We didn't want to dive too deep into what we saw, but um, this is a guy that as a downhill runner between the tackles, I really, really liked his ability to navigate tight spaces. I I, I was doing a lot of charting as well as we're watching. And one note I kept writing down, like his feet, his feet, his feet, um, his propensity to run through foot with forward lean, his contact balance was impressive, his toughness. All of those uh, helped equate to a lot of really tough runs and some really good finishes late in the down. He was really efficient. He's not a dancer. He was really decisive. And when he's making some of these athletic cuts, he's doing it at his top speed. So while he's not like, you know, a, a four, three type back, he's not a Jameer Gibbs type. He's always gaining ground. So even though he's not explosive, he's maximizing every single one of these carries because of how decisive he is. And then the fact that he's bringing 230 pounds and a violent mindset with him, he's just really constantly gaining ground. And he, he's tough to get down to the ground.
0: Absolutely. And the decisiveness, the aggressive nature, like you had mentioned, rarely pitter patters in the backfield yeah. always initiates the contact initiates the movement and the the progress and the momentum in the defenders rarely ever takes big hits because of that. Yep. So I think it's a, uh, also an understanding of when the play is over and a lower your pads and churn and fall forward and just a physical demeanor and that type of, um, I want to say juice that he runs with, not necessarily breakaway home run juice, but more of a aggressive style and attitude and very frenetic style that he's always at a hundred miles an hour. Maybe his hundred miles an hour is only four, five, five, four, six, but he plays right. very decisive and aggressive within that. So looking at uh, you know, what he does and where that ranked up last year, he had seven hundred and forty one yards between the tackles. Mm. It was the second most in the NFL, only trailing Josh Jacobs and actually had the most wow. yards per carry at five point seven.
1: But the interesting thing is for him, and so I wait, think he, of, he averaged 5.7 on runs between the tackles.
0: Yes. Best in wow. the NFL. Wow. Yep. So that was better than Derrick Henry, Saquon Barkley, any of those other mutters. But the interesting thing when I was watching this was how he was doing it. And I think so much of New England and we think of those kind of mutter backs and, you know, whether it's Lawrence Maroney and Ben Jarvis Green Ellis and Garrett Blunt, and multiple tight ends mm. and a lot of under center. There was a lot of space for him to operate. Yeah. And this was a team that actually used 11 personnel quite a bit. And some things I just want to bring up to people that may surprise you. New England had the third widest formations last year. So what does that Mm -hmm. mean? The receivers are very often on both sides of the formation outside the numbers. What did they also do from an offensive perspective? They threw down the field a ton, ton of vertical shots in the outside ton to Devonte Parker and Kendrick Bourne and Nelson Aguilar. So what did that him. do? Brought a lot of two high shells. Not only that, Fran, but because of the propensity to throw downfield and the wide alignments, the New England Patriots face the deepest safeties in the NFL in 2022.
1: Wow. I would not if you did, you know, and you and I always like play those games. and You're always like, uh, you know, pat myself on the back. I went ahead and how good I am to be able to do that. I would not have guessed that they would have been like the 28th team. I would have. So watching these big plays of Stevenson, all I said
0: to myself was look at all this space. Yeah. Look at the even boxes. Look how late that safety is to react. And Fran, it wasn't just the run game, the screen game. Look at how many of those screens and the dump offs are against too high. Look at how much room he has to operate. This team really, and particularly Ramondre Stevenson, was one of the biggest beneficiaries of the space the defense gave this offense. And I know teams may be thinking, yeah, but it's Mac Jones. Why are we playing too high against Mac Jones? Because of their aggressiveness to throw the ball down the field. And it wasn't late in the down. So a lot of that was rhythm fades, which rhythm fades. You can't have a free safety. You won't be able to play both fades. Uh, you know, down the left and right sideline, you better get off the hashes quickly, get expanded width and depth to protect your corners down the field. So, with that, gave a lot of light boxes in advantageous situations to Stevenson, which mm-hmm. they gave a variety of run schemes. We saw gaps and pullers, but we saw, you know, draws, we saw inside zone, we saw duo, a lot of double yep. teams, those big offensive linemen. But then we saw those 11 personnel runs, we saw traps and one back power, we saw lead insert, we saw lead draw. You saw crack toss and pin pulls and anything to take advantage of space for Stevenson. I thought was really interesting because I thought Patriots, gritty, multi tight ends, big offensive lineman, Trent Brown, away new guys like that. Oh, Steven, Stevenson's 230 pounds. And the funny thing is, Fran, not that effective in short yardage. Yep. And I thought that was really funny. I went and looked at some of his short yardage stuff, one yard to go. He picked up seven out of 13. It was okay. Two yards ago, he picked up 11 out of 20. Okay. Three yards ago, he picked up 19 out of 33. This wasn't just some 230-pound short yardage bruiser. This is a guy that excelled when he got space. And I think that's a really interesting thing to come away from this exercise.
1: And especially considering the fact, like, dude, he's not a burner. That's no. like honestly, that's one of the things you would take away is like he's not a guy that is is a breakaway style back. Um, you know, and there was the, the, one of the stats that you know kind of helps with that. Uh, I looked at basically, I took like a 22 player sample, basically, all the players that had 200 carries last year. So, all right, there, was, there were 22 guys that had 200 carries last year. Um, when you look at uh, his speed, let me see if I can find this number. Uh, uh, here it is. Okay. So he only had 26 carries where he hit over 15 miles per hour. That's according to a to, uh, next gen. That's the third lowest of that group. And I, I think that's again, like speaks to like his speed, not being pivotal. That said, when you look at that sample, that 22 player sample of the guys that had 200 touches last year, 200 carries, he was first in yards after contact per attempt, 3.81. He was constantly creating his own yardage. So that's the that's thing is that they created some space for him formationally and by design, but then also he was able to create his own yardage as well. And some of that was like through contact, which is evidenced by that number. But then also, like I said, like he set up blockers to, to be right so often because of how decisive he was as well. Like He got skinny through some holes. I thought he did some really good things. It's just a, a decisive ball carrier downhill between the tackles.
0: Absolutely. And I just think it's a interesting kind of expose on how he was winning. And I love the yards after contact aspect of it and not so much the run to daylight nature, because it not only creates a physical attitude and tone and a defense really needs a rally to tackle this guy. You get extra yards by falling forward consistently and you do it in a decisive nature. There's really no, you know, trying to juke defenders and getting into those kind of stalemates. So you keep a aggressive demeanor despite being only a four, six running back, which is okay. You know, Le'Veon Bell ran four, six Mark Ingram was four, six cream hunt was four, six Cedric Benson was the fifth overall pick at four, six, yeah. you know, so you can be effective in the NFL despite not having four, four speed. And this may surprise some people, but in the heyday of Adrian Peterson with the Vikings, they used a lot of 11 personnel runs crushed lead draws they wanted oh, to man, get that those, those lead horse. draws late in minnesota oh, oh jerome goodness. felton out yeah, there yeah. oh my god the lead draws i tracked it for an entire season when i was working for playbook so i'm very familiar with their use of lead draw
1: yeah why
0: why did you want to get that big horse of a back running lanes on lead draw because he was so explosive and physical in that combination i really felt like i was watching an adrian pearson like running back without that pull away home run speed, Mm. which is why Adrian Peterson's, a you know, hall of fame type of running back and remind Stevenson is sitting here in his third year and we'll see what type of career he has. But I felt like that type of player, I really was gearing up to watch some grit. I thought it was going to be, you know, 22 personnel under center. You're going to pull that backside guards. You have to wait, fall forward in a ball of trash, you know, for two, three yards. No, this is a guy that really took advantage of defensive formation, offensive design. And when he got a crease in space, he took advantage of it. Mm -hmm. And I think this is the way the league is trending. And I can really see Stevenson building more and more on what he did last year into 2023 and continuing to take advantage of obviously two deep shells that are in the NFL and light boxes and the teams that are willing to kind of take what the defense gives. It's going to be guys like Stevenson that are the beneficiaries.
1: You know, hearing you talk, uh, go through this, I was actually going through some of the other stats that I pulled and this one really surprised me. And again, this is to your point about the the amount of space that was created for him, uh, despite like, again, like him not being what you would call a space player. Like, uh, I don't think people would think of him in that kind of archetype of that 22 player sample, the 200 carry uh, backs last year, he finished in the top 3. He was number 3 in breakaway percentage. Uh so basically PFF they've got a stat um uh, they talk about like break uh, breakaway yards where it's the amount of yards that are gained on runs of 15 plus. So it's like all right, like what percentage of this player's yardage came on big plays. And he was uh number 3 in that group, which again, like you wouldn't think about for Ramondre Stevenson, and if you look at his like uh, at his forty time, you would be like, "Oh yeah, like that's him." But he's got that ability. He's got, and he was able to bust off. And you mentioned like the the variety of different schemes, uh, all the different things that they used in that system last year. It's a different offense this year. What is that going to look like with Bill O'Brien, the offensive coordinator, Adrian Clem, the offensive line coach, and run game coordinator? I've got some numbers to, to throw at you there as well. Um, but to me, like uh, I, that was one of the things that stood out because I I had I hadn't watched Stevenson much uh, from a with the, with his eye, certainly not with a fine focus. So I had an idea of what he would be, and he was a little bit different than that. He, he's <clears throat> he's a good back man, he, and he's also in a position now this year. It's going to be his show. Like it was like him and Damian Harris were, were, you know, uh, kind of a one, two punch last year. Damian Harris is gone. He's in Buffalo they signed James Robinson from the Jets but you know Robinson like coming off that injury like what what is he going to look like uh they've got Ty Montgomery but a year ago at this time he was a wide receiver so you know, is he going to be a back that, that they're going to count on uh they have uh, a couple of young guys there Pierre Strong and Kevin Harris that they drafted a year ago but they put those guys on ice uh here this uh, this season so we don't really know what those guys are going to bring so yeah there's a chance that one of that that group steps in and, and is a, a nice complementary piece and you know maybe he gets like 30% of the of the work workload, but it really feels like to me, like this is going to be a Ramondre Stevenson kind of show that he's going to be that three down back for them.
0: You know, two, two remaining points here. One looking back, one looking ahead, two running backs last year had a thousand yards up from scrimmage out of 11 personnel. Okay. Stevenson was one. Speaking yeah. to your point, it doesn't seem like a space back.
1: Who do you think is the other? Uh, from 11 personnel, um, Chris McCaffrey.
0: Now, I think he was injured for some of it. Yeah, and, okay, uh, that's right. Really so that he, did, he didn't off. quite meet yeah, yeah, yeah. that in the trade, good call, good call. but you're on the right track of a smaller type of back that excels in the dual threat sense.
1: Um I'll give you Echler? one other guess. Eckler. Eckler. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Okay. Which
0: is much more the style of running back you would think yeah. would be an eleven personnel type of dog yep. in there. You know, right around 200 pounds, that's a threat in the run in the pass game, not the 230-pound 4'6 running back Mm. you wouldn't think would be an 11 personnel stud, but that's the way the Patriots played. And moving forward, new offense and new old with Bill O'Brien coming back, but with their offseason moves, Fran, what could we project to be the trends and the style that they're looking to do moving forward and, you know, adding a juju type of receiver but also a Demario Douglas in the draft, a Kayshawn Boutte, adding a Mike Kosicki in free agency uh, and just comparing that with their losses in Nelson Aguilar, Jacoby Myers, John U. Smith, Damian Harris. And if you look at those middle picks, Fran, in the draft, what'd they get? Some big interior offensive alignment? I think this is a team that's still going to want to get fast and explosive on the outside and big and physical and ugly on the inside and dare you as a defense to pick your poison.
1: Well, so here's what I did uh, to your point, right? Was that you, know, you have the new the new situation here this year. And when you have Stevenson as a talent, like, okay. And especially when he showed that versatility last year, um, you know, I, I meant uh, mo- most of his, of those big plays from that sample came from the gun, but I would argue that his best stuff came from under center. I would say, and most of it was gap scheme. You know, talk about like uh, powers and the pin pulls, the sweeps, and you know, the, the duos, like those kind of runs um, as opposed to like inside, outside zone. So what I did I went back and I looked at Bill O'Brien's last three years in Houston. I looked at his two years as the offensive coordinator in Alabama. I separated those two out. And then I also looked at Adrian Clem just last year at Oregon, where he was the uh, the run game coordinator, assistant head coach there uh, with the Ducks. It was his only year uh, in that role. So uh, looking first at Bill O'Brien in Houston, his leading rushers in those three, year, three years, it actually split up. Uh, Carlos Hyde. Lamar Miller and Deshaun Watson actually led the team in rushing over that time period. He had fourteen hundred yards rushing. Carlos Hyde had eleven hundred. Lamar Miller just over a thousand. So, so three thousand yard rushers during that time. They were third in the NFL in power. They were fifth in inside zone and they were tenth in outside zone. So, again, it looks like it was mostly power, but he had some inside zone, some outside zone thrown in there. You look at Bill O'Brien the last two years at Alabama. He had Brian Robinson a couple of years ago. He ran for 1,000 yards. Jameer Gibbs, he was just under 900 yards uh, last fall. They were third in the SEC in outside zone. They were seventh in inside zone. They, they didn't. Really, they barely ran any gap schemes. It was almost all uh, zone schemes when you look at, at them the last couple of years uh, with the Crimson Tide. You look at Adrian Clem, Last year, they crushed with counter. Uh, they had Bucky Irving, who was uh, one of the leading rushers in the Pac-12. Uh, he, they crushed in counter. They ran a lot of sweep, a lot of the pin pool stuff, uh, and they ran a little bit of inside zone as well. Um It's it's an interesting like collaboration there in terms of what that run scheme is going to look like. And again, like Mm. mostly gap schemes from Clem and he's going to be, I believe, I believe he's got the run game coordinator title. If I remember right, uh, looking at their staff page. And then you look at O'Brien where it's been heavily zoned stuff, primarily uh, these last couple of years. I'm interested to see which, which path they decide to go. Yeah. And
0: I think they have the tools and the parts to really go any direction. I thought them taking Cole strange told me they want to get a little lighter, more athletic on the old line. And they circle back this year and go grab those big uglies again. And, you know, Mafi and City So and those 330 pounders, which we all knew the Patriots were the types of teams and schemes that like those big old linemen. Um, So I think they're going to want to still get big and move people off the ball uh, between the tackles, but adding more explosive elements on the outside and almost having the receiver aspect of the run scheme be completely disjointed and be completely separate. And we know New England liked the receiver screens. And that was really part of that pick your poison of you want to be big and physical and downhill between the tackles. You get one extra hat in there. We're throwing it quick on the outside to Kendrick Bourne for a quick screen or Jacoby Myers. And I think adding a DeMario Douglas and Juju Smith-Schuster, I think really fit that type of style. Juju, a guy that's going to win a little bit more over the middle with the dirty stuff and the RPO game. And DeMario is that exciting three-level player that I've compared to a late round version of Zay Flowers. I think that highly mm. of them. So adding some more explosive uh, pass catching weapons on the outside, even a Mike Kosicki, a tight end that we know isn't going to, you know, block people off the balls as a wide tight end, but he's going to stretch the seam and be a kind of a nightmare in the pass game. This is really two different types of offenses in there. And that big physical run game with a running back that, that excels in space And then all those threats on the outside and it just uh, can Mac Jones kind of hold it together. Will it be eventually be Bailey Zappi or somebody else moving forward? It's an exciting time for the Patriots. They have the parts to do a lot of different things.
1: Can I ask you um, what was uh, the, uh, your thoughts on him coming out of college? Like did that kind of equate to what you saw uh, from a couple of years ago? You know, to be honest with you, I didn't have a great grasp on the Oklahoma
0: backfield landscape over the last five years or so from Kennedy Brooks, to Ramadre Stevenson, to Eric Gray, and all those types of guys. I just felt like that Lincoln-Riley run scheme was a little bit uh, unique. It was a little bit gimmicky, especially with the prolific quarterbacks and Hurts and Kyler and Baker. And I don't know about you, I had a really tough time kind of evaluating them as far as projecting to the pros. We know how much RPO it was uh, with the quarterback running as well. I just couldn't get a grasp on exactly how to project them. And seeing a guy like Stevenson, yeah, you know, I, I box score scouted him from time to time, about 230, a little heavy, six. oh, not the breakaway speed, will be early down back, short yardage, and probably didn't give him the credit he deserved uh, coming out of that prolific program.
1: Yeah, I went back and just kind of looked at my notes on him, and I was I was a little bit lower on him. He was like my t- my eleventh back in that group, and yeah, I, like I kind of 20, I 20 viewed a, yeah, and I viewed him as more of a a, a back end roster type, like a third or fourth back. Twenty eleven, um, right? yeah, no, he was uh, twenty. Yeah, he was been twenty twenty one because this the year three. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I wrote down I like him as a third back who could be a dirty work player, help between the tackles, solid on third down, play special teams. I think he transitions well to that role. He's got a lot of tread left on the tires because that the thing man like yeah he ran for a thousand last year in new england that was the first time he hit the uh the thousand yard mark since his sophomore year at cerritos college uh, like the, he just did not have a lot of wear and tear he did not have a ton of production uh over the course yeah, of his career runs hard, good juice a bit upright short strider
0: good burst very slow to the line of scrimmage and it can accelerate past angles excellent balance picks up his feet in the open field good stiff arm in the open field yeah surprisingly he catches the ball very well away from his frame plucks with his hands Good inside, outside running ability. Yeah, looking at some of his his notes here, it's, checking some good boxes. Pretty good, yeah, right. And I, then I, you I, start I, looking at the those other things. Though it's like oh, 230, oh, four 4'6", oh, up. You, know, you don't want that. See so if you have a tie with you know him and you know somebody else in that class, whether it was you know Raheem Boyd or Jamar Jefferson, you you knock him down a little bit, and Trey Sermon. Oh, you like him a little bit more. Next thing you know, Stevenson's down there as your fifteenth running back.
1: Yeah. If he was a guy that like showed he could cover kicks, he could pass protect. He mentioned how he can catch the ball. So I'm like, all right, like this guy's got a role, but I I struggled seeing him having like that upside to be like that true bell cow and be an effective one. Um, But I think he's, he's in line to, to be that guy. Uh, one more question I've got for you. Cause we, you know, we're looking through coming through a lot of these stats. Um, uh, PFF has got, has one that's PO, POA change, right? So it's like uh, the way they define it is the percentage of rushing attempts with a change in run position. And again, I looked at this through that 22 back sample his was the lowest of all of those backs. It was only seven point eight percent. Do you have a sense of like what that was? I I can kind of get a feel for it because I'm looking at the other two backs that hit that: Tyler Algier and David Montgomery. So you are like, all right, Algier, Montgomery. Uh, you throw in uh, Ramondre here, and you're like, all right, like these are like downhill backs. So I'm assuming it's like the percentage of rushing attempts were like they just stayed on track, and like that that is the uh, that that is what they were asked to do in the run scheme.
0: Yeah, I don't know if I know what to make of that particularly. The lowest percentage, so that definitely alludes to a running back that's decisive. Um, that alludes to a running back that's probably getting some gap scheme runs where the hole isn't changing; it's defined or it's intent, you know, based on design. Um, and also, I think the propensity to run out of eleven personnel gave him more obvious lanes. Yeah, to, to see it and hit it. And um, I think there's a, a lot of reasons for that. And I think, you know, looking at stats like that are really fun to kind of diagnose on the backside and just trying to figure out what it means and if there's anything to take away from it, pros and cons. And that's what all these advanced analytics should do is just raise thoughts and not everyone is going to have the same one for one reasoning behind, uh, you know, being anywhere on these rankings. So that's a fun one. I haven't seen that set.
1: Yeah. To me, like uh, the way I look at a lot lot of these metrics is that not, they're not like predictors they're descriptors. Right. So it's, it's a way to say like, Oh, this, this guy ranked this year in in this stat metric. So he's going to be the most productive running back in football next year. It's like, no, like, that describes what he did a year ago or what he did over the, the, the sample size uh, of the, uh, of the data. Right. And so, um, you know, to me, it's like, again, like that's a perfect example of like, uh, this is what he was asked to do, you know, in the construct of that offense. And he, he rarely got off path. He is a, he is a very decisive runner. He's a guy that Eagles are going to have to uh, deal with here in, in week one, which, uh, uh, let's see. It's uh, it's the end of May, so we're looking at uh, early June, uh, right around the corner, which means we're three months away from seeing uh, Ramondre Stevenson uh, in Week One here, Ben, for the Eagles.
0: Yeah, season's gonna be uh, sneaking up on us before we know it. Training camp, you know, uh, six weeks away or so. Preseason's right around the corner. Three months to the season. These conversations that get me excited though. Looking ahead, preparing for our opponent. We have high level opponents for eighteen weeks, so. There's, there's never a break in the NFL and, uh, seeing a uh, Ramondre Stevenson and this Patriots offense week one better buckle up because there's no gimmies and there's no rollovers in this league. So exciting to study him, exciting to face him, Uh, but it'll be like this on a week to week basis. And this is the NFL baby.
1: Yeah. Well, it's gonna, it's gonna be fun. We're gonna continue doing these, uh, these little opponent previews here over the next few weeks here on the Eagle Eye in the Sky podcast. Ben, thanks so much. And we will all talk to you again soon. Great stuff there from Ben. Thanks to him and thank to all of you out there for your continued support of this show and all of our podcasts here with Eagles Entertainment. That being said, I think that'll do it. Another show in the books here on the Eagle Eye in the Sky podcast. For everybody here at the Novacare Complex, I am Fran Duffy. We will talk to you next week.